the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61, from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. And uh, out here still enjoying this uh, nice spring weather that we have here in Minnesota. Uh, and I'm uh, downstation. Tax time is over. Uh, I'm sure some of y'all are already either crying or happy. You know, the people who spent their money up already are looking around and those who had to write them checks. <laughs> like me. I got to the post office at like 11.59 and 45 seconds. <laughs> My wife went down the wrong street. We had to double back around. The guy was just about to roll the cart up in there. And she was mad at me. She said, why do you wait till the last minute? And I said, because I don't want to write this check. That's why I wait till the last minute to get it done. But it's over. It's done with. It's time for rejoicing. But we're tackling a subject called dealing with manhood. And uh, as I explained to you last week, you know, I was just about to spend a day with my son in the urgent care as he broke his foot, you know, and just listening to some of his viewpoints and, 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 and things that he was talking about and, and how I can hear how him being around me has, uh, has shaped some of those, those viewpoints. I, I had to be, uh, I was kind of happy, but at the same time was a little sadness there because, you know, I, I could not say I had those same moments with, with, with my dad, you know, uh, my my dad taught me more of what not to do than what to do. I learned what to do uh, from my brothers in the church. You know, after I became saved and just hanging around different men and, and them allowing me to see how they dealt with their wives and family and and, uh, and everything like that. And it, it helped me to, to lay a good biblical groundwork for what's there. Today in the studio, I have a friend of mine, you know, uh, Terrell Hill. Uh, I'm going to let Terrell uh, introduce himself and give you a little bit of background about him, and we we were just talking about this subject of of, uh, of manhood today. We come from similar backgrounds, you know, strong single moms. You know, his mom his mom was the the gangster of the house, <laughs> <laughs> like mine was. My, my my mother handed out all the whoopings. My dad just gave advice, <laughs> and uh, mom was tough. She's still tough, you know. So so, uh, and uh, I'm just gonna he gonna get, bounce some perspectives back and forth, and I. Uh, uh, Terrell, I will start a question for you. Um, you know, you you said something real profound uh, one time, and it's and, and about about coming about when your eyes were finally enlightened about coming to Christ. You know how you had been going to church, you know, off and on for all those years, and then finally the light bulb just went off one time. <laughs> so, well, you you share with our audience, you know, what was that like, and 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 and, uh, and just that background of when you came to the Lord, you finally realized what He was doing. Yes, I will, Pastor Joe. Uh, it was like this, Pastor Joe. I was the type of person that uh, feared God, you know, but I never came to him, asked him for anything, you know, 
personally because I didn't think I deserved it. Uh, I was coming to church, you know, trying to be the man that God wanted me to be, thinking that you go into church and you put money in the basket and everything was going to be okay. And I had did that for so many years, you know what I'm saying? But while I was in the church, it was like everybody was speaking another language. I really didn't understand, you know. And I thought that my present with being in the church would be what God wanted, but it wasn't, you know. I experienced some tragedies in my life, you know what I'm saying? And uh, after these tragedies, you know, God came into my life. I mean, really came into my life. He didn't force himself on me. He didn't push himself on me. You know, I submitted, you know. Uh, he, he showed me a love that I had never experienced in my life from anyone on this planet. And uh, I took time and tried to learn them, you know what I'm saying, learn the things that uh, he was saying to me. One of the things that amazed me was when he said, you're the apple of my eye. I couldn't believe that. And if he was in the room next to me, you would thought I was crazy because I was laughing like, yeah, not me, you know. <laughs> but I realized that he had enough love for all his kids, you know. And uh, when I was going through that, you know, uh, he sparked up a curiosity in me. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to know his word. And the only way to know his word was to get into the Bible, you know. And even when I first picked the Bible up, you know, the words were running all over the Bible. You know what I'm saying? I I couldn't even see it, but I can put the Bible down and uh, cut TV on and look at TV, you know, and I knew something was wrong there. I, I, I knew that being of the world, that Satan didn't want me to uh, know the truth, you know what I'm saying? And I asked God to open my ears, my eyes, and my heart to his words, and I, I, I started being able to read them, you know, and I started reading different things, you know what I'm saying, and in my heart, I knew it was the truth, you know. I was in situations where uh, I would uh, be going to church or something and someone would see me. I would try to hide it, you know. And one day I was talking to my friends and we were talking, and as I was standing speaking with them, God said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. And right then at that point, you know, I told them guys what I was doing, you know, because I really believed in him. He came in my life when I needed him the most, you know what I'm saying, all the times that I thought I was lucky throughout life, I knew that uh, it was God carrying me through it, you know. And when I realized it, you know, it just opened my heart up, you know. And I told God that, uh, you know, I wanted him in my life for the rest of my life. I mean, he taught me how to love the right way, how to speak the right way, how to uh, be a father the right way, you know. And I'm sitting there saying, I more so know how to be a mom than it is a dad. I don't know if that sound right or not, but I was raised by my mom. You know, I cook, clean, do everything. But I didn't know how to give my boys the type of love that a father gave them because I didn't have it. You know, I, I knew how to give them the type of love that a mother had. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but coming from a man, God taught me there's another way for me. And I seeked and, and learned, you know, and I'm still learning how to be a father to my kids, you know. And uh, it, it is something so special, so amazing to me, you know, that I thank him every day for just being in my life. You know what I'm saying? I never wanted to have a, a affair with God. I wanted a relationship with him, you know. Mm -hmm. And I am thankful, you know, that uh, he allowed me to have that. 
So when you when you you look at it, me and you come from similar backgrounds. You know, we we uh, our moms want us to have a good education, so they stuck us in Catholic school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for if it wasn't for my mom. Uh, snatching me out of Catholic school and high school, we would end up at the same high school. Right. <laughs> I had a scholarship to Mendel too, and uh, but we didn't. Our paths didn't cross till we got to Minnesota, and uh, in, in the midst of that storm and, and looking at you know single mom home Catholic school, you got that discipline from them nuns, you know. <laughs> the priest just stared at you, and, and you ran and did whatever they said. The nuns had to pull out the little paddle or something because you know we, we would we would try them, but. Well, ain't nobody trying Father Burns in my chair. Father Burns is six eight with a deep voice, man. That dude looked like he was nine feet tall to us, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but but you know when we look at it, and you look at it, I gave the quote last week from Ed Cole that says manhood and Christ likeness are synonymous, meaning they're one and the same. You'll never really be the man that you're called to be unless you yield and walk in the ways of Christ. And and though though you 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 know you can be like you said. A good man based upon, uh, you know, what what a woman would like. You know, my mother taught me how to be the kind of man that a woman would like, but she couldn't teach me to be the kind of man that could flow with a man. And 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 I and I realized there's some certain characteristics that as I got older and I started working with with young guys that I realized that they were like me. And I'm trying to <laughs> if I'm saying they need help. That means I still need help, right, right? Right. And so if I'm looking at them and, you know, they say like one of the characteristics of, a, you know, like when you see a a young man raised by a female is he, he's very emotional as opposed to being raised by a male. Right. You know, uh, a good friend of mine, man, uh, Bobby Williams, we call him Coach Bobby. He passed away uh, two days ago. And, uh, and uh, you know, he's just a, a, a great man, a guy, great coach, coached on the north side. Coach everything, but man, Bobby would give you, he would give you the flux, man. He'd tell you flat out, man, that that God, God loves hard work. If you ain't working hard, don't be asking God for nothing. You hear me? <laughs> don't ask him for nothing, you know. And them boys would, you know, he 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 helped shape a lot of boys who didn't have a dad, and 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 and, and could get there and, and get to them and, and bring some balance in their life. But you know, we going through about three generations of raising men that don't know what it is to have that 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 strong male figure there. And matter of fact, they don't like strong male figures. You know, if I go out on the street trying to break up a fight or something like that, they'll cuss me out, want to jump me. But a woman can go out there and break up a gang fight or break up something and they'll listen to her. Right. Because 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 they've been raised by women and they they listen to women, and because they've been neglected and abandoned by men, then it's it's instant conflict. You know, what I mean, some people got to step in sometimes and say like, "Hey, man, that man, that that's that's Coach Joe, that's Pastor Joe, man. You don't talk to him that way." Right. You know, what I mean, they, you know, I, I had to get help from the sidelines. You know, what I mean, I could take care of myself, but it's like, you know, I don't have control of the situation. Like some strange woman can come there and just say, "Y'all stop doing," it. and you know, and they're just yes, ma'am, and, and scoot on off. And because the women teach, the men avoid teaching. You go down the court, the public defenders, the social workers, so heck, the judges. I mean, you know, so you you get put in this thing and you don't know what it is to walk in this world or, or how a man should respond. So this one guy did a at the fathering project. He did a, a, a thing of what dads add to a kid's life. He said that, like, if you step on the shoe of a kid who's raised by a mom, you will get an emotional response. 
you know, you'll get an emotion response. You step on the shoe of a kid raised by his dad. He's just going to look at the shoe. He's going to look at you. And he's going to say, don't do that again. Because one of the things that dads bring into the life of a, of, of, of a child, male or female, is they teach them how to control their emotions. Right. Because dads never stop when you tell them to stop. You know, you know, we done it. We start tickling. Right. And they laughing and they say, stop, dad. Stop, dad. And we don't stop. Right. And they laugh and turns to crying and hollering for mama. And mama's saying, get off the boy. Let him alone. You know what I mean? Like that. Right. And we just keep doing it. You know what I mean? And in their mind, they really want to do something to dad, but they can't do it because dad is dad. You know, he's big. He's imposing. You know, he'll, he'll take you out. But but they, what this guy went on to say is that, that in men in their own way, even when they pick a kid up and throw him up in the air, you know, and that's, that's the first thing a man does with a kid. He gets, he holds him over his head. And he holds him up and looks up at him, and then he, you know, then he'll take him and throw him. He said, "But in the in the process, the healing process or the growth process, there's something that has to burst in the earlobe that only can be done when you hold a baby up in the air. And men just naturally do those things. So when you get into a positioning where a man is not around to 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 walk you through these things, teach you how to control your temper. Because the reason why I brought up Bobby Williams, Bobby raised his four kids, and his four kids was like non-emotional. You know what I mean?" You know, I think of a, I think of all the single dads I know that that raise their kids. I don't care; their kids have no emotion. They, they, they just don't. They, you know, whereas other kids will go, I don't feel like running. What we gonna do? Their kids just go, okay. And just I don't care if they female, male. You know, what I mean, they, they just go like, Cause this doesn't work because you know, because how my dad is. He didn't teach, so the the disadvantage of being raised in a single parent home where it's male run is that the kids don't have emotion. They don't know how to, you know, they don't, they, they're not the nurturers, I love you, stroke your hair and do everything like that, which we learn from, we learn from mom. You know, we learn from mom. You know, it's there. You know, but single parent homes run by a female, you know, 85% of the kids that are in the juvenile justice system come out of a single parent home or step parent home. Right. Right. And so, so, so evidently not having that patience and not having that male there. You know, because sometimes I know I drive my kids on the edge of, of, of therapy. You know what I mean? You know, I, they need, you know, you know, like I said, I got a guy living with me now, man. I know sometimes he go to bed like he, he told his basketball coach one day, he said, he said, I, I, I don't even know if I want to stay with this guy no more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I don't let nothing go. Right. You know, and they get mad because I let the women go. I said, they last name going to change. When they get married, their last name change. I can deny them. Your last name stays. Right. You're gonna be an example. You're gonna be a man out here, and so and, and it does get kind of rough. And then we 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 had had those experiences going back and forth. So just even listening to you talk about, I know you got three boys, right? You know what I mean. You know that 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 you had here in St. Paul. You got total how many kids all total? I got ten sons and two daughters. Ten sons and two daughters yes. all total. You got three in St. Paul and get in there. And you you're almost like Jacob. You know, most of your kids were born and raised. Why you didn't know the Lord. Right. Right. And then as you came to the Lord, the, the, the last one gets a little bit more, got a little bit more godly attention than, than the other, than the other 11. You know what I mean? But you know, cause you know, cause you, you start changing and getting to that point. And now you have to deal with, this is where they are. And now I got to deal with them and bringing them to where they need to be. Me, myself, I didn't have mine until after I came to the Lord. So I had a little bit more basis, but I was still raw and green, man. I made a lot of mistakes. 
I mean, you know, that I look back on. You know what I mean? Wish I could have some more so I can correct my mistakes. But my wife said that ain't happening. <laughs> nine, nine is enough, right. you know, that we have here. And so what I want to do after the break when we come back, I want to go look at the book of Daniel, chapter one. All right. And I want to look at some of the things and characteristics that that Daniel was placed in Daniel's life. And I want to share with the audience. And, and you can tell me how you work with that with your boys. And, and we can share a little practical voice. You're listening to Isaiah 61. Uh, this is uh, KKMS. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. And I'm here with Terrell Hill. And we'll take a break and come back and be with us. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM980 The Mission, and all of us at the station know how important the role of the church pastor is to our local community. I'd like to personally invite all pastors to join us at the 8th Annual Pastors Appreciation Lunch on Thursday, May 12th at Banquets of Minnesota in Fridley. It will be a wonderful afternoon of lunch, fellowship, and an uplifting message. This event is free and open for all pastors serving the local church. Reserve your spot right now by going to am980themission.com. Brought to you by Cato Roofing. I hear so many Christians murmuring about their imperfections and their failures and their addictions and their shortcomings. And I see so little war. Murmur, murmur, murmur. Why am I this way? Make war. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61. This is Pastor Joe Sutton from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. I'm here with Terrell Hill. And uh, we're talking about uh, going down the road of manhood. Uh, we talk. We talk about we we have boys and and um you know and I'm talking to my mom the other day and and uh, my mom was uh, my mom gave me a compliment man I, you know my mom she's worse than me she don't get no compliments now <laughs> you don't get no compliments out of my mom you don't get none out of me you got to do something exceptional to get a compliment I got it from her she wants to talk about me I said but I got it from you <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell my mother I loved her until I was 23 years old and then I did it on a payphone. Are <laughs> <laughs> you laughing? But I'm on the payphone, and I say, "Man, I'm gonna do this. I'm on my bike. I didn't do it from home because I didn't want to call me back. So I got on my bike, I rolled down there, and I had mailed her a music box because I had messed up her music box when I was little. I poured all the perfume and powder in her music box, and it wouldn't work no more. So I found the exact same music box, and I bought the music box and sent it to her for Mother's Day." And uh, and so I said, Mom, did you get the music box? She said, yeah, I got it. And we're talking. One day she said, what are you doing? Like, uh, and I guess she was just wanted to, she knew. She was waiting, hoping I say it, right? But I was like, you know, not <laughs> wanting to say it. So I said, Mom, uh, okay, one last thing. I said, what? I love you. Click. <laughs> I heard that phone click, man. Quick. Got back on my bike. And as I was riding off my bike, the phone was ringing. <laughs> the pay phone was ringing. I knew it was her calling me back, but... I was not going to talk to this woman after I told her I love you. I was 23 years old when I finally said I love you. and Because uh, that's just the kind of home we were in. You just did what you had to do and do it what you did, and that's just it. And, you know, you know I love you because I'm taking care of you. I'm feeding you, and you know, I would throw you out if I didn't. So that just was where we were. So and I look, I was looking when we were talking about with, with my own boy. She gave me a compliment saying that, that you know, you, you are, I would give you credit. You are a good parent. She said, you hard. 
You know, you hard. You know, your kids need vacations. He said, but you hard, but, you know, you're a good parent. They, your kids have come out to be, you know, pretty successful in what they do. And uh, and so, but I was reading in Daniel, and, uh, and in Daniel verse 4, Nebuchadnezzar had told his chief of staff that he wanted some young men from Judah's royal family and the noble families to come into there and be trained in the ways of Babylon. And this is what he told them select. He said, select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. He said, make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in a royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. So the king only wanted the best to be with him. We know that ended up being Daniel, you know, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or people that call Satrach, Meshach, and Abednego by the Babylonian names. And and uh, these guys not only were well-versed in that, but they were well-versed in their faith yes. because they would not defile themselves by eating unclean food. Now, people just like to think that maybe, you know, you know, Daniel had a problem with meat. He didn't have a problem with meat. He just had a problem with unclean food. He, he was not going to eat any meat with blood in it. So to make sure he was going to eat vegetables. Right. You know, and uh, and then he, you know, he didn't want to drink certain things. So he, he didn't do it. And that that diet that we like to call the Daniel fast, you know, got them out. And and Daniel was a negotiator. You know, what I mean, he just didn't come out and say, like, oh, I, I'm a Jew, so I don't eat that. You know, he, he said, well, he said, hey, look, I know you got a job to do, but we can help your job get even better. Because if you let us eat this and we don't eat that, give us 10 days. and We'll show you. You had the best people in the bunch. And that guy said, all right, 10 days. I, I tried 10 days. And then when he saw that they were better than everybody the 10 days, you know, they know they made him shine and look good because his boys got chosen over everybody, right? You know, but the thing that people don't realize about Daniel, though, sometimes we, we skip in, in our reading of the Bible, is that Daniel was trained to be a wizard, witch, warlock. Wow. I didn't even know that. Magic user, astrologist. The very things that God said we don't do. That's part of, that was part of his training. But he never leaned on his training or his education. He leaned on his training that he received back home okay. from the church. Because when the king needed an answer, or he was going to destroy all the wise men and astrologers and magic users, which Daniel was a part of, right? right. Daniel didn't use the things he learned in Babylonian school to read the stars or to read the entrails or anything like that. He went and had a prayer meet. Him and his boys had a prayer meeting and called on Almighty God. Right. Then the king of Babylon makes him the head of all magic users. Now I'm the head of all magic users when my God tells me I ain't even supposed to use magic. <laughs> 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 now you made the head of all magic. But so his parents had to put something in him. Right. For his spiritual development and being a man that had to put something in him that went beyond just books and education. He got chosen based on books and education and and his healthy continence. But he rose up and got promoted based on his relationship with the Lord. You know, and I know it's a struggle. You know, I got a couple I got a couple backslidden kids having conversation with them is like you want to choke them. But at the same time, you want to hug them and kiss them. And uh, so, so what w- what do you do with your boys? You know, to let them find your faith and to help them grow in their faith. Well, Pastor Joe, it's like this. At first, I didn't even know how. Even though my boys would come to church with me every now and then, it was something that I didn't want to push on them or whatever. Before I had turned my life over to Christ, you know, uh, I didn't even know how to do it the right way. 
But uh, since I've turned my life to Christ, you know what I'm saying, I can't explain the things that God has done to me. You know, he's humbled me. You know, he brought things out of me that I, I to this day I really don't understand and don't really think I deserve. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's like when you speak to people or do things, when I talk to my sons now, you know what I'm saying, you know, they're more receptive to it. They're more open. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's something that touches their heart. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, they're starting to go to church with me. You know, they're seeing something in their dad that they never seen before. You know, some people be like, oh, they're only going to last so long or whatever, you know. But uh, I love the Lord today. I, I, I had to get everything in the right order. You know what I'm saying? I had to get my sons to God. You know what I'm saying? And I haven't showed my older sons things wrong because I was of the world. You know, my younger sons are totally different. Totally different. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to continue this conversation. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. But just understand this. Dads, moms, moms, read Proverbs 31, chapters, verses 1 through 9. Make sure your son is well-versed in that. Dads, you make sure that your sons can be a reflection of Daniel and the Hebrew boys. And, and as Terrell just said, it's not about what we say. It's not about what we teach. But it's how we live our life in front of them. And make sure they're with you all times. In Jesus' name, good day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.